Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Pill poppers and Satan worshippers, welcome back to Spoiler the country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That right there is Mr. Horsley. Right over there is Miss Searcha. You, what, why is there a difference between Mr. Miss and Mrs. Misogyny. <laughs> is it misogyny? Fuck yeah, it uh, is. Marital status. Yeah, it's marital status. I know it's marital status as a whole, but it just it's it's weird. It it implies ownership. That's that's exactly what it is. It's it's yep. uh, ownership from the man over the woman. So it's totally misogynistic. Is why there's two for women and one for man. Okay, wow. that's why Johnny likes it so much. You massage his dick <laughs> oh, I love it. I fucking love massaging man. It's the <laughs> best <day>. ever. They're <laughs> trying to on. change it though. They're trying to change it. You know, Hasbro got rid of the Mister on Potato Head. Oh, well. <laughs> there you go. Well, why can't it? Just, I mean, if you want to define gender roles, then you can use Mister and Miss. Whether you use your uh, uh, whosoever's last name you're using, it should still just be Miss. Yeah. And then if you don't want to define a gender role, then don't use Mister or Miss. Just use motherfucker. Very true. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So I mean, you can still be Mister Potato Head if they want to keep it. If they want to define his gender, if they don't want to do that, then just Potato Head. But That's, defining his gender yeah. assumes he has a, a potato penis, and I'll, I've never <laughs> seen that add-on. Well, that'd be a fat penis. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a French fry. <laughs> Right. We're wow. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So we're for. on the show <laughs> is a special tot, which people who don't know tot is a tangent of tangents. Wow. This is a crazy intro. <laughs> this is number 19. And it's really, really cool because Melissa took over the show. Didn't you, Melissa? I sure did. Yeah. I had on my, uh, my bestie Renee, uh, and we just kind of did our thing for about an hour and talked about, uh, everything from, uh, you know, international snack of the month clubs to comic cons and books and all kinds nice. of fun stuff. We go off on some tangents. Nice. Nice. That's was it show. completely inappropriate? Like our intro? No. Crazy. <laughs> how, how did it even get to that? <laughs> Always get to that with you two. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. I blame Kenrick. <laughs> what? You're, you're older. You should know better. <laughs> well, I'm excited to sit back and listen to this. I have not heard this yet. Cool. So well, this I will be not. cool because I think John edited this one. I did. I was, yeah, I edited it last week. I listened to it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, we had a good time doing it. And what? Okay. Definitely what's your it. friend's name again? What's your best her name? Friend? Her name is Renee. Renee. Yeah. Hi, Renee. Is yeah. she uh, going to come Renee. on again? 
Oh yeah, for sure. She nice. loved it. Um, yeah, it was, she was a little nervous at first, I think, you know, just because it's always weird, you know, the first time, yeah. but, um, but she absolutely loved it. I thought she did amazing. Um, and you know, we're, we've been friends for 15 years. So it was just like having a cool casual conversation, conversation you know, nice. We need to spin this into their own show, Johnny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> should, yeah. <laughs> or at least a sub show of this one. I That'd mean, be fun. we can do that. It's, I mean, we, we have the power. We, we have the technology. <laughs> we do. <laughs> well, should we get into this and listen to uh, Melissa and Renee? In if we episode? don't, we're going to talk forever. Just three minutes ago. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, hit play. <laughs> no, don't hit play because you'll pause. Just <laughs> let it keep going. I feel like that would be like a like such a good series like for like mm-hmm. I don't know SNL or like you know Comedy Central or something where it's like <laughs> not threatening stalker right? like, <laughs> stereotypes where it's like like I you know like I followed you and then I bought your coffee secretly for you or something <laughs> right. you know like, I paid off your mortgage <laughs> <laughs> I got you a pillow that was decorative <laughs> right? not to smother you with it just yeah. so you can sleep better <laughs> so put it on your couch <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god yeah and I was looking through the the box and it was cute because it had like the little booklet that talks all about the Netherlands and where like each, you know, what each candy and snack is. And then it had like a recipe for something I can't pronounce that had like sausage in it. And yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, this is neat. I was like, I can see why she likes this every month. It's, you know, <laughs> a little taste of Europe. Yeah. And I like that it's like, you know, it makes you feel fancy a little bit, right? Like, it's like, oh, it's European. They're like, oh, like, it's from the Netherlands. Like, yeah. oh, would you like to try some gourmet <laughs> chips from the Netherlands? And it's yeah. like, it's just potato chips, right? Like, no, I know, but it tastes better. <laughs> it's, it's like seemingly like, it's like fake bougie, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, I'm so fancy, but you're right. not. I know it's there was a, a bag of potato chips in there that were sour cream and onion, but it was like, it, <laughs> it, was, it was like home, chips. what did it say? Not homegrown, but it was like home baked or something. And I thought, ooh, this is nice. And Chris was like, I think they're just sour cream and onion potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> I'm like, no, they're special. <laughs> no, they're home baked cream <laughs> and onion <laughs> potato <laughs> chips. <laughs> And yeah. I, ate, I ate the whole bag. Well, yeah. I'm glad you liked them. Yeah. That, that's an important part. Yeah. yeah and all I, the ones that we've gotten so far have been really tasty, like from the that series, you know? Yeah. And there's how many, how many uh, countries have you gotten them from so far? Um, so we got Italy and then we got like a holiday one, which had mm-hmm. like from all different countries. So that was really good. I feel like we're doing a little bit of a promo for this box right now. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> like, oh. You should sponsor us. <laughs> like, you know, universal box. Yeah. <laughs> like order your subscription today. The holiday box was so delightful. <laughs> right. I know. And it came with a map. It says welcome to the Netherlands. And I mean, I'm guessing there's more places because there's like five, just five locations, but, <laughs> but it's cute. And there's it, it more al- places there. Yeah. It almost looks like for kids, you know, like, you know, like where if you had children and thank God I don't, but um, if you did and you liked that, <laughs> you could have like an interactive learning educational 
you know, thing with yeah. their kids, teaching them about different countries. So yeah, yeah, I have the box next to me and there was a few things in there that I couldn't eat because of the, you know, they had wheat in them. But no, that Chris is happy. He's like, mine, mine, mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he liked them. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like, I think that's kind of why I liked it is because it wasn't just like snacks. It was also like this educational thing where it was like, oh, this is why this snack is super popular, right? Like, <laughs> right? oh, you know, like the Netherlands aren't just known for tulips, right? They're also known for potato chips or whatever, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. Whatever it said in the booklet, but like. You no, know, my favorite is there's like this bag. It says it's the yum bag and it's just full of fun and yum. And you, and you turn it on the back and it's like two people and like a little, like a thought bubble and it's like, or a speech bubble. And she's like, the yum bag. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> it's, it's just like a little bag full of like hard, hard candies. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of hilarious. I was like, oh, I feel cute. it like reminds me of like a Mentos commercial, yeah. right? Where it's like the yum bag. Like, <laughs> and then it's like people in like vaguely like early 90s outfits, right? Like running around and <laughs> smiling and like getting into these like awkward situations where it's like oh no like where are my shoes or whatever <laughs> right. I don't know yeah wasn't there I maybe I'm like getting this confused because the 90s were a long time ago and yeah I think I smoked a lot of stuff during that time but <laughs> did didn't there wasn't the Mentos and like the Foo Fighters why am I putting those two together was there a music video or were they in a Mentos commercial or did they I, you know that's a good question I don't know that they were in a Mentos commercial, but like some of their videos that the like learn to fly, right? Uh, that it was or like learning to fly, it you know it had that like Mentos commercial feel though, and yeah. they were like playing like airline like flight attendants, and it was you know like it was a very cheesy music video, but I, maybe I don't know. yeah, I feel if like they might have done a Mentos commercial. I could see it being the Foo Fighters. <laughs> right. sure. They might have just. I might be thinking of like a music video where they were maybe like poking fun at the Mentos commercial because I want to say yeah. those commercials were popular right around the that time that the Foo Fighters were not that they're not popular now, but you know how they were, they were constantly on, you yes. know, MTV at the time. And it was like, they were winning all the awards and that was just what was on the radio. Yeah. And I feel like maybe they were making fun of them. I don't know. I have to look it up because that'll bug me. I know that's like a good like trivia kind of thing. Like, what late nineties band, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like also was inspired by a Mentos commercial or something, right? Yes. Like, well, speaking of the Foo Fighters, did you see them perform at the inauguration? I did not. How were, did I, I, I feel awesome. like, how did I miss that? I was probably so focused on Lady Gaga <laughs> right. and, you know, like Michelle Obama and the poet, you know, like mm -hmm. I probably just was like in, you know, J-Lo and all her glory, right? Like, yeah, well, it, it was much later in the night. It was after when like Tom Hanks took the the hosting duties. Like, oh no, <laughs> no, no offense to Tom Hanks fans <laughs> out there, but like, no, there was I, some great I, music though. Oh, okay, yeah, you'll have to go back. I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. Justin Timberlake oh, yeah. did a song, and Katy Perry actually was I'm all actually I mean I'm not I, I'm kind of like mixed with Katy Perry I, there's some songs she does that I love and other stuff I'm like eh not really for me but her performance was the finale of like the whole special and they 
I've never seen so many fireworks in my life. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the fireworks show, but yeah, and I think, I mean, it was literally millions of dollars worth of fireworks and she was singing her song firework in this beautiful ball gown and her performance was flawless singing live. She didn't miss a note. Like it was really cool. Did I tell you I saw her live? No. When? Yeah. At a lesbian gathering in Palm Springs. (laughs) A gathering? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. It's like, it's like spring break for lesbians. Oh, nice. Basically. And like, it's, it's just like a giant party, like Coachella, but you know, it like, it's all lesbians and they like, there's like pool parties and like white parties and, you know, musical guests and like comedians come. I mean, it's like a whole shebang, right? Yeah. The year I went, Katy Perry and Lady Gaga both played that year. And I have to say like that, well, A, you're just surrounded by lesbians anyway. So it's kind of a great experience. (laughs) But like, see, it was before both of their careers really took off. You know, it was like, I think Katy Perry was known for like, I kissed a girl, right? And Lady Gaga was just known for just dance. I think her poker face, you know, like it was like. That was still my favorite album of hers. I don't care what anyone says. So good. But they were both so amazing. I mean, like just like amazing performers, amazing talents. Like you could just tell you were watching like the best of the best. Yeah. Like you knew they were going to be big stars at some point. Exactly. Like, and it was like, oh, like you're so talented and so good. And like, I'm just glad I get to see you in this smaller venue before. Cause then I ended up seeing Lady Gaga much later on. And it was like, in a stadium and I was in the nosebleeds, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, like, I think I see a spot down there that looks shiny. That might be Lady Gaga. Right? You're and like, so, I could be watching this at home on television. <laughs> yeah, probably get a better view. But yeah. yeah. Did but I ever? Like see... Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, did I ever tell you about how I saw Jewel before she was famous? No. Yeah. Long time ago. I was God, I don't even think I was legal. I I think I I know I wasn't drinking age, and I but I think I might have even been like maybe eighteen. I was probably seventeen. But yeah, I went with a coworker. I was working at like a coffee shop, and she was like, "Oh, there's this folk singer, you know, that I heard about that's you know playing at this place, and and it was at the Catalyst in Santa Cruz, and and this was back when the Catalyst was way more low key." I don't know if you remember that, but I mean, yeah. if, you, if you go there now, it's it's kind of like a dingy, I don't know. It's it's a dive. It's a dive it's, and it's got a weird clientele now. Yeah, it's um, taking a turn. Yeah, it's not the greatest. But back in the day, it was, you know, kind of like a hippie beatnik type of a place. And so, yeah, we went, we went and we drove to Santa Cruz and there was like eight people in the audience. And she, we were literally like, it was just a small little room. And because, you know, the Catalyst has like different rooms, they have like the bigger yeah. room and it's like a small little room and we're in there and yeah, she just was like sitting on a bar stool with her guitar. And I mean, I was probably like two feet away from her, you nice. know, we sat at a little table yeah. and she was cool because she would talk in between songs, like tell stories. And she was very like engaging in that way where, yeah. you know, and she talked about being homeless in her van and stuff like that and her and I was like god her voice is beautiful and she was singing songs from 
pieces of you, I guess was that first album. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, and she had the CD out and everything to buy. So we, I bought it. Um, and I still have that CD and that was oh my God. purchased from her directly. <clears throat> Like from her hands, yeah, <laughs> your exactly. Hands. Like exactly. from Jewel to Melissa with love, yeah. Like, she was, she was yeah. sweet. She was really nice, and you know, of course, this was before social media. This was early nineties, oh yeah, mid nineties, and so you know, you couldn't like follow up on social media or anything like that. It was just like that was it. You know, got this CD yeah. and and the memories. But then I want to say maybe like literally not long after that, yeah, a few months, her song was like. A hit on the radio and I was like oh my You're god like, I know that girl I know I just saw her and there was like eight people in the audience yeah. <laughs> and now she's you know filling stadiums so yeah that's my I little- feel like that's that's always like the dream right is like getting to see someone before they really blow up mm-hmm. you know like like there's something magical about like having this like quote unquote at least for me as a music fan like discovered someone yeah you know and like I think about that too with comics right like oh yeah right like when I quote-unquote discovered Lumberjee <laughs> <laughs> right I, I, know, I mean right? I obviously didn't there was like many people who knew about it and you know but like I you know like stumbling upon something that you like don't even know what you're getting yourself into mm-hmm. and then like and really enjoying it genuinely because you don't have any preconceived notions about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like, and then it's sort of like after the fact, it becomes this like really big deal or, you know, like, and people are like, Oh, this is amazing. (laughs) And you're like, right. I knew that like, like a year ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I think in my eyes, I feel like you did discover Lumberjanes only because I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with them at all. You know, I, you and I, we read, obviously we read different styles of comics. We yeah. like a lot of the same things, but we definitely have our lanes of what we're drawn to when we get when our, our comics. And so I remember, you know, going to Comic-Con with you in Seattle and you were, you know, wearing the cosplay and you showed me the comics at your house before we left. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And that year they hadn't really blown up mm-hmm. quite yet not like it is yeah, I mean yeah. they were still big enough to they had their table where they were signing and things like that but I don't think they had a panel that year Mm-mm, they didn't yeah and I and I remember yeah. you were like so excited to meet which, which was the one that you met it was Shannon Waters you met Shannon Waters okay yeah and I remember you were so excited about that and yeah and it's kind of interesting how you know life works and changes mm-hmm. and stuff like that so like that Comic Con, I think we went to in 2018, because that was the year. Feels like a lifetime. Ago. Yeah, that was when I, like, I'm like, <laughs> I came back to cons. <laughs> I know, like, I know. What are those again? Like, what is that? What was that life that we were like going to conventions with thousands of people? Right? I know, and taking yeah. selfies and oh like actually shaking people's hands and like breathing all over each other. You know what I mean? Like I'm now I like think about it and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that again. I mean, or feel comfortable doing that again for a while. For a while. Yeah. You know, until we can kind of forget, I guess, or not forget, but you know, readapt back to normal living. But, but yeah, so it's kind of crazy how, you know, you know, for me, my comic, my lumberjanes was walking dead in a sense, because I was reading walking Mm -hmm. dead before it was a television show like when it was first coming out and like nobody I knew, you know, except for Ben, because he's the one that introduced me to him, but nobody else I knew like knew anything about The Walking Dead. And then when the show came out, 
everyone was like obsessed and it was this instant success. And I actually refused to watch the show because I didn't want it ruining my idea, you know, of the characters that I had already, you know, envisioned. So I actually didn't start watching The Walking Dead till it was in its fourth season. So I like binge watched them, you know, on Netflix (laughs) and then caught up to, to the television in real time. And and you know it was it's good it's a good show it was a good show but we, that's another topic for another day. I know, it's like <laughs> I, like I feel like we could do a whole thing about Walking Dead. Oh yeah. Did you when yes. you finally watched it? Yeah. Did you feel like it at, that initial watching right? Like obviously feelings mm-hmm. change and whatnot. But when you first watched it, did you feel like it met what you had envisioned with the comics? Well, parts of it did. Like the. The cinematography, the tone of it definitely felt like a Walking Dead universe. Rick, the, you know, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. He's super famous. The guy who plays Rick. You know, I felt yeah. like he was Rick to me. He was a good choice. And opening scene and where he wakes up in the hospital and all that kind of stuff, like that seemed really authentic. And they did a pretty good job. Oddly enough, and I like to state that I am a huge John Bernthal fan, but when I first saw him as Shane, I was like, what? Like, it was just wasn't who I was picturing mm. uh, in my head. He's such a good actor and I absolutely love him in The Punisher. And I really, really, really wish that they would give him another season because he's fantastic. But, but you know, I was just so hooked on the comic and the the visions I had in my head of like, you know, when you read a book, you you create what you think they look like. So yeah, at first I was kind of like, what? But then as the the story continued, and he wasn't on it that long, obviously. You haven't watched it by now. Like, <laughs> I was I like, um, I haven't even watched it. And I feel like I know that. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, the first initial, I mean, obviously I kept watching it because I was like, oh, there's something there's something here. There's something magical about this show. And yeah. and then, of course, storylines were super way off. Like when, when they started to get to, I think it was, I think it was season two when they, when they get to the prison and there was the, the character changes that were pretty drastic. And so I was like, okay, this is weird. But I just learned to separate it. And I thought, okay, well, this is the show. And you know, the comics are different. So, but anyways, uh, but yeah, getting back to Lumberjanes though, well, yeah, because we, you know, cause you were such a big fan. And so we, you know, we saw them in 2018 and then we went back in 2000, well, not 2020. We went back in 2019, 19, we, we went consecutive years, right? I, oh yeah, we did because we were, to be fair, we were drinking a lot at all of these events, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we're getting our years oh, mixed yeah. up. Well, I, we might not remember. <laughs> I'm drinking right now. So we might not remember all the details of all the things. Yeah. But- Actually, no, I take that back. The first time you and I went together was 2017. And then we went in 2018 with my sister because she was working for me at the spa. Remember? Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then I then did. We- and then I went by myself the following year. Yeah, because remember, I had lost my job and I was like, oh, I can't travel or yeah. spend money right now. And so, right. yeah, you went 2019. And then I was so excited that we were going to oh, go 2020. My. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks. COVID. COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, but yeah. I'm glad you remember. So I'm, I'm glad one of us like, <laughs> is on top of it. <laughs> Thank you, Melissa, for being on top of things. It took me a minute um, <laughs> like, to mm. reach back into my my brain. But you yeah, the, great memory. What are you talking about? Thanks. Yeah, it's it's you know it's fuzzy sometimes, but <laughs> but yeah, when we went back the consecutive the next year, we took my sister with us, and this time Lumberjanes actually had a panel, 
And you were brave enough to get up and ask a question. And that was really cool. And they loved you. They were just, you know, fawning over you afterwards because you were wearing the cosplay again. So that was really a fun experience. And I enjoyed like watching how excited you were. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because I thought, oh, it's really blown up. Like there'll be tons of people in cosplay, you know, like this will be really, you know, and like there was a bunch of people there, but there wasn't a lot of cosplay. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always like an interesting dynamic, right? Like the fandoms of different like worlds and, you know, comics. Yeah. It's like who, you know, what fandoms decide to go all in on cosplay or get really geeky <laughs> Riverdale. About, well, yeah. <laughs> or get really geeky about like, you know, wanting to know all the details of the publishers or, you know, like I find it interesting how fans and fandoms react to different content, you know, mm-hmm. it's like one, of, you know, like one of those things where it's like, Oh, star Wars is always the big one that people, you know, it's like the yeah. fandom game of get Thrones. Really, get like they get really nitty gritty on like, oh well, this Tie Fighter was actually an F one series. You know, I mean, they yeah. get really Uh-oh. like down to the basics, yeah, <laughs> down like to the details. like nuts and bolts of things. And I think that's what I appreciated about Lumberjanes is that it felt mm-hmm. very accessible as a fan. You know, like as a comic, as a as a like a world as a just like the creators felt very accessible to, mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of their personas and when I got to meet them. So yeah, I think that's, you know, that's always something that I think about, like when I'm, you know, like when I'm getting into something, right. I'm like, Oh, like who are the creators? What is this world? Like, you know, what are the mm-hmm. fans? Like, I think, I think that does have an impact on how you interact with the content personally but yeah I agree it definitely paints like it puts you in that universe and that world yeah. and yeah there's certain fandoms like you were saying that go all out and you know and they're the most fun to watch if you're not a cosplayer like me but just like to kind of people watch when you go to comic-con that's so much fun that's the best part is really getting to see all these elaborate costumes and, and this is a lifestyle for people they don't just you know go to the halloween store like they're yeah. handcrafting their own costumes and putting so yeah. much money and work and time into them that you know it's it's fun to to watch and take pictures and you know and yeah. flatter them essentially to make them feel <laughs> like, like you know they did good yeah give them a pat on the back yeah. like good job yeah. you know that's a fun I th- part i think that's why i appreciate like the walking dead i like even mm-hmm. though like it, as you know i'm not much for scary quote unquote scary stuff because i get nightmares <laughs> and i'm <laughs> i'm like oh this is too real <laughs> but i do appreciate the fandom of the walking dead because mm-hmm. they do feel really like it's passionate in this really authentic genuine way to me and like you know there's like the people who love the comics and the people who love the shows and the people who go to cons and like Oh yeah. It just feels it feels like that fandom, you know, really like just has that genuine passion that mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Even if it's not my fandom, right? Or like yeah. you know, no, they're it's not something part. I'm into. Yeah. They they're are. dedicated. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm like, yes, get into zombies. And like, they've, go for it. <laughs> they've had like walking dead fans who have like gotten married, like met each other at a Walking Dead event and have fallen in love and gotten married. So like Walking Dead's like literally created, 
you know, romances and, and stuff and families. And, you know, when I got the opportunity, very fortunate opportunity to go to the Walking Dead premiere at the Greek theater in 2018, I, they had this whole like area in the front. Like when you first walk in, they had like a bar and they had like zombies walking around. It was very cool. But they had this little area where they had some of their well-known Walking Dead cosplayers, like on like a little mini red carpet. And yeah, and you could kind of just like take photos with them and stuff. And there were two, a couple in particular who I think have been featured on the Chris Hardwick's Talking Dead show. And the woman dresses up as Michonne and the man dresses up like Rick. And they're actually, so they're an example. They met at one of the Walking Dead events and I guess mutual friends were like, oh, you guys should meet. You look just like you know, they look like spitting images of, of Rick and Michonne and they met and like fell in love and now they're married and stuff. And so they were there and it was really cute, you know, just to see how, you know, that, you know, a fandom can also, you know, lead to, you know, finding your true love or whatever, not to sound cheesy, but. No, I feel like we've hit on yet another spinoff series. I feel like this, <laughs> like, this is just like ideas for spinoff series, right? Where it's like, yeah. Like dating and romance through fandoms and cons, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure there's like so many stories out there that are like, oh, like we met at a con or like, oh, mm-hmm. we met through our shared love of, you know, X, Y, or Z, right? Like, right, met at a D&D, you know, meeting or whatever. Yeah, like, just exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that happens. And I, I hear about it too with, um, what's that, the game, the, World of Warcraft. Oh, yes. I've heard a lot of people have hooked up <laughs> from that game like because <laughs> of, you know, the fact that it's so interactive in the sense where I guess you can you can talk to people, you have the head, headset and everything. And yeah, I have heard that people yeah. um, have fallen in love over... over yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like people are dating on TikTok. So, you know, it's a whole new world, Mm -hmm. right? Like wherever you meet someone, like more power to you, because I think like, just like this world is so mixed up and Mm -hmm. crazy sometimes. And like, you know, if you can find someone and if it's through, you know, World of Warcraft or hey, even Call of Duty, like, who knows, (laughs) maybe there's some Call of Duty romances out there, but like, you know, like, I like I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like go find go find your love. Yeah, especially Wherever na- nowadays too. Yeah, because everything's so you know, the younger generations and stuff, like everything's so online now. I mean, I remember okay, like and you remember too, when we were growing up or not growing up, I should say, but like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. It was like weird if like for online dating was like oh, your parents would be like, You can't go online dating, you're gonna get you know, killed by a serial killer oh, yeah. or something. It was like the most taboo thing to do. It, it, you, yeah. it just was not cool. It, everyone was like, oh, you're desperate if you're online dating or, and now it it's, like, it's different. It was like, ta- yeah, it was like taking out, 
a, a personals ad, which like for those <laughs> yes. of you who don't know that, right? Yeah. Like it's like they, there was actual newspaper ads, like the classified oh. ads. That Let's were explain like, to the audience though what a newspaper <laughs> is now <laughs> <laughs> for those under a certain age. No. Yeah. So, you know, like, and it was like, you know, like get a job in sales, like, oh, date me i'm single right like and then it was like ee, 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 ee. yeah i mean yeah. yeah oh i forgot there was like a whole movie about it yeah a single white female i think right yeah. or something yeah, yeah but that's it's just like, so okay, maybe it's funny not so obscure but yeah it's, a, it's just ironic i guess ironic i don't know if that's the right word but interesting that you know this whole thing about online dating was it was such a like a no-no like it was like oh, don't yeah. do it and now it's just the way that i think you know, people, you know, that's I, how they meet people. And and you and I, we've yeah. been in relationships for 10 plus years. So we didn't, I mean, I know personally, I never did anything like that because it wasn't really around when I was, when yeah. I first met Chris. And so, yeah, I never got into any of that, but it's fun to hear the stories of friends though, that are doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about that. I was like, if I was single now, right. Like for some reason, yeah, I, I would have to like, there's not really other options, right? Like, right. It's almost like you would have to do online dating. But then yes. I think like, oh, maybe I'll just like lean into the fandoms more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, I'm sure I could find someone through like, or not. I'm sure. Well, I mean, and if we're in a I, pandemic, I would just oh, yeah. say go to a bar like we used to do in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the olden days when we went to bars. The old, remember bars? <laughs> went to drinks and met people in real life. <laughs> There's this thing called happy hour, and it actually <laughs> One of these magical places. <laughs> happy hour that existed actually at five o'clock. Now happy hour <laughs> is whenever the fuck I decide. <laughs> yeah, it was like I think I had happy hour at two o'clock today. It was <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then it's like had a little break, and then another happy hour. For this right. Talk. You know, you got to mix it up, right? But yeah. No, there was. Yeah, I, I tend to start. Yeah, between probably two and three now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you mean, also get up earlier now, right? I do. That's yeah, the, I do get up early. Yeah. yeah, I'm still yeah. going to bed at four. A.M. holding it down for the oh. late night. 4 a.m. the last two nights. And I'm like, Renee, you really like I'm jealous. You've got, you've got to go to bed earlier, but I just can't I keep just my have... eyes open anymore past like one. Oh. I it's because I'm like I've dealt as you know, I've delved into all these like Asian dramas and mm -hmm. these, like getting banned know, from of, Twitter. Like, <laughs> getting banned from Twitter. I mean, there's just a lot going on in my life. But it's interesting because it's they're all a lot of the shows that I'm watching are based on like these like manga manga comics mm -hmm. yeah you know that are like that are basically they're called boy love or yaoi genres mm. right and so it's funny because like I'm going on this deep dive of all the tv shows of these comics essentially you know and okay. I'm like oh Renee like you love comics you need to go and read the source material for all these tv <laughs> shows that you're watching so now that's my new late night project will be to start reading all the like novels and the okay. comics and, so you're drinking the kool-aid yeah. oh I am so in the kool-aid <laughs> but it but it's actually it's really interesting because it's like you know 
I feel like that that genre of comics, just Japanese anime and mm-hmm. like manga, you know, it's like that all is just a whole other world that I don't know a lot about. So it's really fun to, I think, explore like a new genre, right? And a new, oh, yeah. Like, you know, medium of something you already like. So I'm excited about it. Cool. Well, yes, just... it does. It does keep me up till four. <laughs> <laughs> there's well, there's so much content out there and you know, we, we can get into ruts, you know, and get mm. sick of the same kind of thing. There, I mean, there was a whole few week stretch where I didn't turn the TV on at all because I was just over it. Like, you know, I binge watched, yeah. I don't know how many television shows. And, and unless it's like one of my favorites that I'm like, you know, waiting for them to come back with another season or something. I just, I got so sick of just starting new shows. And, you know, every time you turn on Facebook, someone's recommending another show and it's like, well, that's great, but I just getting burnout. So instead I was just, you know, reading more, writing more and like just spending a waste of time on the internet, you know, looking up (laughs) random, random things, researching books. (laughs) Right. How is your writing going these days? It's going really good. Um, yeah, you yeah. you've just put out like a bunch of books. First of all, oh my I feel God. like you're just like <laughs> you know just like a a machine in terms of the amount mm-hmm. of work you're putting out right now. Yeah, I well, cool. A cool thing happened, obviously. So I well, you know, I have the books with City L Press, mm-hmm. and I have one complete series out with them, and then I've got Smoke and Ritual, which is the first book of a trilogy. Second book's coming out April 20th. It's called Spark okay. and Ember. It's my um, favorite. It's my favorite of all your works is that. I think oh, that's like I, So I'm so excited for the second book. I'm like, any day now, Melissa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the second, I mean, it's written, it's done. It's been edited. You know, you've seen the cover. I think I posted the cover on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's basically now <clears throat> just in like the formatting stages you know, getting the final touches. And then, yeah, April 20th is what I was told is when it's coming out. So if you like Smoke and Ritual, you're going to love Spark and Ember. It's definitely, you know, more more of everything, more action, more romance, more doom and gloom as far as, you know, my dark gothic urban fantasy side really comes out in this one. And there's new locations, you know, I love world building. So I've created some new magical areas that they're going to explore. So you, if you like it, or if you like the first one, you'll like this one. So, and then the third one, I'll start writing towards the end of this year because I have a couple other projects that I'm working on for my self-publishing series, which I'm almost done with the sequel to that one. I've on a crunch which I, deadline. Which I, I read the first <laughs> chapter of the first book of that series <laughs> and immediately started blushing. Ooh. And I was like, I was like, okay, okay, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so it's a hot series. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took a different direction with this series, which <laughs> is another genre I wanted to explore. So, you know, it falls into the category of paranormal romance because, you know, one of the main characters is a vampire and it is called the Immortal Billionaire series. So each book is going to feature a different couple. The, the female uh, characters will always be human and the males are the immortals. And so it is technically paranormal romance, but it does, it reads a lot like contemporary. And you know, when I say contemporary, I don't mean like traditional or sweet. I mean, just like modern setting. Romance is the main focal point and not so much you know, like in my other books, it's it's more about like the adventure and the fantasy and magic. So yeah, the series is 
is steamy. <laughs> it's, it, it's it really very... highlights the romance part. Yeah. Let's just say it's, I watched that movie 365 days with Michele Morone. And I was like, oh yeah, I think I need to write some books kind of like with this type of tone. This is cool, but make him a vampire. He would have been so much cooler if he was a vampire. I feel like if you could, you would make everyone a vampire. I really right. would. I really would. I want to make the cast of Riverdale vampires. Um, yeah. all, all the Walking Dead folks are now vampires. Yes. Right? Like, oh my God. Yes. Everyone, amazing. Everyone's a vampire. Can you imagine Michonne is a vampire with her katana sword. Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm hard, hard at work uh, trying to get this sequel out. It's called After I Break. And this one is about an incubus, you know, who is basically a, a sex demon. And uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the female is, uh, her name's Piper. And they are both artifact hunters. So it has a, somewhat of a Tomb Raider vibe to it. And yeah, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider meets sex, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Tomb Raider <laughs> meets Fifty Shades of Grey, but with which better. I feel like I, I feel like that would like that alone sells it, right? Like, yeah, and, like so many people would love that. Like, I, I hope so. Yeah. It's coming out in May. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, so get it now. Yeah, pre-order yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, and that series is going to be four books, as far as I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, four couples. It, it, can you allude to what the other couples are? Are you allowed to say that? Or? Yeah. So book three is going to be called After I Run. And the the main character, the male character is a werewolf. And <laughs> yeah. And he is actually in book one as the vampire Ozzy's best friend. His name is Cassius. And he's, uh, so he features in that. So there's an underlying current in all, in the in the series. So each book is a standalone. They all have happy ending. I have to guarantee happy ending because it's romance. And that's just the, <laughs> that, that's just the, the industry standard. Um, right. If you're going to write a romance novel, you have to give it a, a happy ending. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of pissed off readers. So they definitely all have happy endings. And each one can be read as a standalone. But there is an undercurrent of a plot that goes through the whole series that will be resolved completely in book four. So, so book three is Cassius and a girl named Harley and they, it's an enemies to lovers, you know, they can't stand each other. She's a computer hacker and she's been trying to infiltrate their accounts and they don't know why or who she works for. So he kind of captures her in a sense to try to get information out of her to figure out why she's messing with their business and stuff like that. And, you know, eventually they learn to like each other and, you know. The rest yeah. of history from there. Um, <laughs> I, so. I, I have to say, I love the enemies to lovers trope, right? Like, oh, I good. think that's one of my favorite Mine too. sort of like romance, you know, I don't know, like stereotypes or plot devices or whatever. Tropes, like, yeah. Tropes, yeah. It, it really is like so fun to read. Like, I hate you. I hate you. I love you. I love you. Right? Like, it's <laughs> right. so good. It's great. Yeah. It's fun to write too because... You have you have like wittier dialogue that you can do, you know, and I love banter. So when you have all this like frustration and angst and sexual tension, the the writing is can be a lot more fun than like the sweet stuff. Like I I I mean I like the sweet stuff too and I like the emotional breakthroughs, but I love writing the like no, fuck you, no fuck you. Okay, kiss me. You know what I mean? Just like yeah, it's a great it's a great trope. And I think 
a lot of people like that trope actually it's got a lot of fans so. oh yeah yeah for sure yeah do you, so. do you find that the romance world is like the fans are a little more hardcore i feel like they're they're more voracious as far as they like a lot of romance readers will read 30 books a week like they just they eat oh up. wow yeah if they find an author that they like you better have a backlist because they want to read all of your stuff and they are yeah they they read everything and you know there's a lot of sub genres and romance and and lots of different ones I mean too many to list but and a lot of people have like their favorites you know as far as like there's like the bully romance there's reverse harem there's academy paranormal romance but I think the average romance reader will pretty much read all of the genres or all the subgenres if they like the writing style and the author. So that's a little bit different. Whereas in urban fantasy, I feel like people are a little bit not pickier, but just more uh, urban fantasy books can be, I don't know what the word is. I feel like you have to be somewhat established or you have to have like a good following. Whereas I feel like there's more opportunities if you're a newbie in in like romance to like for people to give you a chance, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I've just had a lot more success. And this could be because I've just been doing this for a couple of years now and maybe my my books are being recognized, but yeah. I feel like I've had a lot more success with After I Fall than I have with some of my previous books that were just mostly urban fantasy. But we are in a pandemic and mm-hmm. people are responding differently to what they want to binge watch or binge read. And there's a lot of people that are by themselves and are lonely. And that's why shows um, or movies like 365 Days are doing so well because of that intense romance aspect that people are craving. And I think that could be why, you know, there might be a a surge in, in readership for sexier books or, you know what I mean? Or I could just yeah. know any idea what I'm talking about. But that's just <laughs> no, I, my opinion, I, mean, I, think, I guess. Yeah, I think I think you're right though, because I think if I if I think about the people I know who read romance, right, versus the people I know who read fantasy or sci-fi, right, it's less likely that you're gonna have, you know, a fantasy or urban fantasy person have, you know, multiple copies of multiple books from you know, right. three different, three or four different authors on their shelves versus when I think about romance readers, right. I see them sort of having like a hundred books from the same author and a yep. hundred books from the other author. And, you know, just really, like you said that, like really consuming a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's part of the romance genre, right. Is, yeah, you know, people get into it because they want something that's easy to read, easy mm-hmm. to get through, makes them feel good, yep. right? Like I'm not, I'm not reading romance novels so that I can like be thinking. Right. Know, like, no, exactly. Mm, and, this is and, a really interesting <laughs> world building over here. And I, oh, the plot, the, the subplot and the plot really interact, right? Like uh, that's right. not why I'm reading romance. I'm reading the romance for the two main characters usually to, mm-hmm. you know, really like have chemistry, like yeah. often. And so I think, I don't think you're far off in that. And I think especially during COVID when we're so separate from mm-hmm. all the people we love and 
just like the human connection. I can definitely see, you know, romance. I mean, you know, like what's one of the number one things on Netflix right now is Bridgerton. Bridgerton, right? exactly. Oh, I know. That. I was. I knew there was another show I was trying to bring up to prove my <laughs> point, and I couldn't think of yeah. it. I'm like, I just keep thinking of 365 days, and I, I need to get that out of my head. But anyway, <laughs> yes. but but I, I mean, like, I think you're not wrong that people are looking for, you know, sort of things that make them like, it's, it's, a, it's like a form of escapism in a way. Exactly. And I think romance does that really well. So exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. A hundred percent. I don't think you're wrong. And I love, and I love writing both, to be honest, like right now I'm in the headspace of this romance series. And so I'm like really into it, but I also love writing my straight up hardcore fantasy and urban fantasy. I want to, you know, I have a lot of different ideas coming up. So hopefully I can, once I'm done with writing this series, I might do something that's more like Southern Gothic, a little more horror involved, less romance, you know, and more about like the actual mystery or the magic or, you know, the enemy, the villain, whatever. Because I do, I like writing both. And I feel like I take, the other thing about romance is they are quicker reads as far as the word count is shorter. It doesn't have to be. I know a lot of romance writers that do write, you know, really long 90,000 word books. But on average, most of the romance books I read and write are are shorter books, like 55 to 60,000 words. Whereas my fantasy books tend to be like more 80, 90,000 words. And there's like you were saying about world building, there's so much world building. And I like to create worlds from scratch and blend them into like real world locations. So that alone just takes up you know, a month of my time of outlining and thinking up names. And, you know, I mean, for Blood and Magic, I created a book of spells and created all these spells that were in Latin. So I had to research, you know, how to speak Latin. And, you know, it just, it turns into a very long process. Whereas with romance, you still do a little bit of world building as far as, you know, setting like basic scenes and tone and everything. But it's mostly just about the romance and the dialogue and the conflict and, and the resolution. And so I feel like I can write those books a lot quicker. Yeah. It, do you feel like that you, you know, obviously you excel in everything you do because <laughs> I'm your friend and I know. Oh, you, thank like, you. Do you feel like you, you know, like your world building is one of your strengths or do you feel like writing for that chemistry or that like, relationship is more one of your strengths? That's a good question. I think, I think that when I, I think it's become a little bit of both actually. And when I first started writing, I really felt like personally that I sucked at world building and I felt like I just couldn't articulate what I wanted to set the scene. And, you know, like I just really didn't so anyways, I took a lot of classes and I read a lot of books and and kept practicing. And it's something that I've gotten really good at, in my opinion. I don't know if anyone else will agree with me, but <laughs> I personally think that I've gotten better at it. And I really like, I love world building now. And I feel like I did a pretty good job of that with Smoke and Ritual. And I expand on that in the second book. But then one of the things I was always really strong with in the beginning was dialogue and connections between the characters and giving the characters 
each their own unique voice so that you didn't get confused. You know, when you're reading a book and you're like, wait, who is just talking? And you have to kind of read back and and be like, oh, okay. I was really conscious of that. And I didn't want that to happen. So I really spent a lot of time with the characters before I wrote for them. I mean, I, I spent five years writing Blood and Magic. And so I felt like dialogue was really, really my strong suit, whereas world building, I was like lacking. And now I feel like I've brought the world building up. And yeah, that's kind of, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. I think as an actor, I can relate to that, right? Because that's something I do a lot is create backstories for characters, Mm -hmm. right? And like, I'm like, oh, you know, like, that's where having a character have a unique voice can really come in handy, right? Because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. what, what is the motivation of this character? And like, and you know, that's something that I could see you doing really well too. So, well, thank you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, and I've also read your books, so you know, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's funny that it's funny though that you say you don't think world building is your was your strong suit Mm -hmm. because I feel like blood and magic was such an interesting world and you know the idea behind it was so unique and like I I read a lot of fantasy and I hadn't seen you know that Mm -hmm. that iteration of it so so it's funny that you say that because I'm like I thought that was one of the strongest points of blood magic thank you you. well now and what I to clarify I mean I did by the time it went to publication I was satisfied with it. It was just the the original. I mean, I wrote, that was the first book I ever wrote, the first novel I ever sat down to actually write. I mean, I've been writing my whole life, poetry, songs, short stories, but that was the first full length novel. Took me five years. I can't even tell you how many drafts I wrote. I know you read some early, early drafts. I was like emailing (laughs) you pages and I was like, tell me if this sucks or not. But I think it was just early on. And then once I got my contract with my publisher and I got an editor, and went through revisions is when I really tightened it up. And then by book two, I felt like, okay, the, I've established this world. So when I wrote Flesh and Bone, I, I only took me two months to write it because I had you know, done the world building and then expanded on it and then continued to expand on it in Gods and Demons. And then obviously, Smoke and Ritual is a spinoff from that whole world. So the world building just kept getting better and better and better. But, but yeah, so it was just like when I was before I was actually published and I was writing all these drafts, I was really just didn't know how to do it, you know, and you don't know how to do it until you do. And that's right. kind of a weird thing to say. <laughs> I but feel, No, I feel like a lot of, you know, creators out there could really relate to that because one, one of the advice that you hear, or one of like the most common pieces of advice that you hear from, you know, writers or you know, artists of any kind, it's like, just start doing it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, just do it and start writing and start creating. And you won't know how to do it. And you won't, you know, like, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll be unsure. But the only way you'll get sure is by doing it more. So I think that's really relatable. Exactly. Yeah. And then by the time Smoke and Ritual, I got to Smoke and Ritual, I was able to get, you know, a fantasy map by Nate Taylor in the book. And that was really cool to be able to see my world drawn out on on paper. And that was like a dream come true. I still can't believe he said yes to do it. (laughs) It was like, it was a pinch me moment. 
I know. Well, and I feel like you've had a lot of pinch me moments since, right? Like getting mm. to interview, you know, Dager Stoker and like just yes. what you've done since those books, right? Like you've gotten to interview some of the people that influenced you. So yeah, Dacre Stoker was amazing. And then like he was the first interview I did for Spoiler Country. And that was, yeah, it was such a dream come true. I couldn't believe I was actually talking to, you know, this not just just well-accomplished author, but also like the, you know, descendant of direct descendant of Bram Stoker. So that was really, really cool. And then I got to interview Marita Voivod Crandall, who wrote the vampire New Orleans vampires history and legend book and has a speakeasy and a vampire boutique and a vampire cafe in new orleans and which we have to go to because oh hello <laughs> i was like yes. is she your alter ego in new orleans <laughs> totally. i was like did she like basically like see you and was like i will do what melissa wants to do in new orleans like, <laughs> no, i was like get out of town right like literally everything she owns is like Oh, I could totally do that. I would I could see myself owning a speakeasy or a or a cafe. And yeah, and she was such a nice lady, like just so sweet and just some really cool. Uh, I can't wait for the I think the episode comes out next week. It, she just told me some cool ghost stories. She told me a very creepy that she also writes about in her book, but about her encounter with whom she does believe was an actual vampire. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. She's a really prolific writer. And her and Dacre Stoker are, are friends, and he did the the foreword in her book. So it did kind of come full circle with that. That was really interesting because uh, I didn't know that he did the foreword before I bought yeah. the book. So I was like, whoa, okay, coincidence or, you <laughs> or know, fate. Or fate. <laughs> I feel like, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, we talk about this a lot, right? Like, that, mm -hmm. like, you, you know, and I feel like I almost want to, like, bring it all back to like Ben, our <laughs> mutual friend who like, you know, like ended up making us be friends. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he worked at a comic book store and like got us into all these comics. And then, you know, like that, you know, a little bit later got us to go into comic cons. Yeah. Right. And then comic cons led to, you know, you meeting the guys at spoiler country and, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. like, Right. And then you were like writing a book and then you're interviewing people about vampires and like, you know, yeah. it's just, it's so interesting to me, like how you never know what is going to set you on a path. And like, you're mm -hmm. so on that path right now. And I'm just like, as your friend, like, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I am a fan, <laughs> but like, oh my gosh, more <laughs> as your friend, right? Like, I'm like, it's just so cool to see you doing all that and like getting to have these experiences. So thank you. Well, I, I appreciate said this, it like, before. Like I'm just gushing again. No, the white I, love claws. <laughs> I love it. No, I, and I, and thank you for your support and like for listening to my podcast episodes. You know, I think it's, it's great. Like you and my mom and my sister and my dad, you know, every time I have an episode out, you guys, you know, climb around to listen to it. So, you know, that makes me feel good. And yeah, it's just, no, it's been really fun. I've been enjoying, you know, doing this because obviously, you know, life changed for everybody last March and, uh, or last February. And I was so bummed about not being able to go to Seattle and go to Comic-Con with you. And then, yeah, I met, I met Kenrick and John and Jeff because of that. 
you know, so definitely things do, you know, end up working out some way or another, I think for the best or for the way they're, you know, supposed to happen, I guess, for your life. And like you said, it sets you on a different path. And yeah, we just had kept in contact pretty much all summer until Kenrick finally, you know, asked me if I wanted to be a part of the show. And that was awesome because they're just a great group of guys for one. We just have a lot of fun, like behind the scenes, like in our group chats. And, but I've just had this cool opportunity to, to meet so many great artists and creators. And, you know, when you're in quarantine, it's, it's nice to hear what other people are going through and, and what they're doing and what they're working on. And everyone's just trying to create right now to get their work out there and to entertain the masses essentially, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that's, I like living vicariously through you. I'm getting to hear about all this great stuff. And I like, you know, I'm like, Ooh, I want to check that out. Like I listen <laughs> to the podcast and I'm like, Ooh, I want to check that out. I want to check that out. And so, you know, it like, yeah. there's been a positive thing that's come out of, you know, COVID in 2020 is just, you know, getting, getting to explore all this amazing you know, all these amazing artists and creators through you, who you are also are a creator. And it's just been fun. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning about, you know, stuff I never knew about. Like, you know, I had an entire conversation with Zach Thompson about metafiction. I had no idea what metafiction was. (laughs) I was like, please tell me. Yeah. And I'm learning, I'm discovering new comic books, you know, that I, you know, before in my previous bubble or my previous world that I was living in just didn't have access to or just wasn't aware of, you know, damn algorithms. So now (laughs) I'm getting to like, you know, discover things, you know, cool comics that I might not have known about beforehand. So that's part's been really fun. And then getting to talk to creators who are also making social change, you know, through their, through their work and creating a platform, using their platform, I should say, to amplify, you know, LGBTQ and POC voices. And so that's been really cool to be able to give them our platform to showcase, you know, their work and their message and stuff. That's been really fun. Do you, to that point, you know, I know all your interviews are your favorite. Yes. <laughs> I love, but I do, <laughs> I I'm do. curious, is there <clears throat> one that really stands out to you or one that you, you know, when you look back, you're like, oh, I really appreciated what that person said about x y or z and and you know we know every interview is wonderful and every guest you've ever had is wonderful (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like no shade on anyone i swear yeah i think there's i mean there's definitely some that stand out just based on i think like connection as far as like the vibe and the the way the conversation went i really really enjoyed talking to lila sturges from your favorite Lumberjanes. She was just awesome. We just headed off right away. And and yeah, that was that was just such a great interview just to hear her talk about, you know, being confident enough to come out in, you know, comics as transgender and just like not, you know, let it deter her from, you know, her writing and her dreams and, and just, you know, everything she's accomplished in her life before and after and currently. So she was just a really lovely person too, you know, just a really good person. So I really enjoyed that one. And what else stands out? Let's see. Kwanzaa Osajafo was 
so intelligent, so prolific, just really well-spoken. He has a comic book called Black, and it is set in a world where only Black people have superpowers. And so it's just- You were telling me about that. Yeah. I mean, the art is gorgeous. He actually described his art as, or not his art, the artist, almost like the influences of like Banksy. Yeah. Just a really interesting guy. Very, very smart and nice and just fun. And yeah, we just had a really great chat and I really liked him a lot. I don't know why he just sticks out a lot for me. Who else? I mean, there's been so many. I don't want to like, yeah. yeah. To that, to that point, I guess, do you have any upcoming podcasts or interviews that you want to share? Um, or talk about. Let's see. Well, I'm trying to think. Yeah, actually, I you know I had the pleasure of interviewing one of the publishers from Scout Comics, Charlie Stickney, and we've kept in contact. And he has set us up with some of his artists and creators for their mm-hmm. upcoming comic book releases. Uh-huh. And I'm getting to talk to one of them. Her name is Saida Wolf, and she is only 17 years old. Oh my gosh. And she Are you has, kidding me? No. What, what was I doing when I was 17? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. I'll you don't. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Sneaking out of the house is what I was doing. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> she is 17 and is debuting, you know, a comic book. I believe it's coming out this month or or next month. I have to double check my calendar. But but yeah, so I'm really excited to to talk to her. And and then I have a couple other creators from uh, Scout that I'm going to be talking to later in the month. And then we're just trying to line up, you know, more people. And so, you know, I get it in my head that I want some, you know, want to interview someone. And so we'll ask Jeff and, you know, be like, Hey, can you try to get so-and-so? And, you know, sometimes we get rejected <laughs> <laughs> and uh, other times they say yes. So yeah. that's always fun when, I like jump for joy when they say yes. That's always exciting. Yeah. Um, but you know. I feel like that's like the name of the game, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you're going to write something and some people are going to publish it and some aren't. And, you know, you're going to do podcasts and some people say yes and some people say no. So yeah, it's all, it's all part of it. You know? I feel like the hardest ones to get are actors actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If they're, if they're really big, you know, like kind of, you know, famous, I guess, like if they're at a certain level of fame, we, it's harder to get them. They, they, we always get the standard, oh, so-and-so is not taking interviews at this time. Which Um, like, I'm sorry. And then I'm like, I'll see them do an interview like the next day. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm like, it is COVID. Like what else are you doing? What else are you doing? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah. So, but yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll respect their process. Sure. (laughs) I think it's more of like, you know, unfortunately, there are some people that just want to know how many followers you have, you know, how many listeners mm. you have before they will agree to on the show. And then, mm. I don't know, I've been told by by Jeff that like, there's been a few people that like insisted on getting paid to do it. And we're like, no, we don't. We're not getting paid. <laughs> like, you're not yeah. going to get paid. <laughs> right. This is us promoting you, giving you free promo. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's been great. I mean, for the most part, I would say like the people that I have, 50% of the people that I've wanted have said yes. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And a couple of people I actually, I reached out to on my own just through like family connections and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I have to get going because I actually 
I feel like I mismanaged my time a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, I have another like thing I have to go do. Oh, do you now? What do you, yeah. what do you got going on? I have a, a COVID hangout on Zoom. A COVID hangout. Like, nice. Yeah, like hanging out with friends on Zoom because that's what we're all doing these days. That's all like. that I know. That's all we do is Zoom yeah. and FaceTime and uh, Skype yeah. and, and text. <laughs> yeah, it's like... This is, this is my, you know, weekly hangout time. So yeah. Um, well, thanks for chatting with me. And I know I had such a great time and thanks for like letting me chat with you. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel like I want to do this again, but like at 1am, Oh God, we both had a lot of wine and yes, like, <laughs> let's totally do that. <clears throat> like, just like, let it really all out. Cause I feel like we have a lot to say. Yeah. We can have like Rosé with Renee. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Coming soon. No. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I gotta like get that going. Also, it should be like Merlot with Melissa. Right? Oh my God. It's so weird. I am actually drinking Merlot right now. No, you're not. I am. Yeah. Oh I don't drink God. it often, but I'm coincidentally drinking Merlot right now. You're it's your psychic uh, best friend <laughs> connection. <laughs> That's the friend connection. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, this was so wonderful. I and know. Again, it was great. Thank you so much because I yeah. had such a great time. And I hope, I can't wait to hear more podcasts and more updates from you because you're doing amazing things. And thank you. Just really excited for it. So now, and I can't wait to see you. Yes. <laughs> um, I was like, in person, in the future, <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> yes. It'll happen. For yes. Sure. All right. All right. Cool. I will talk to you later. Okay. All right. You too. Okay, bye. And we're back. That's right. We are back back in the saddle again well <laughs> i hope you guys really really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you and if you like what you heard and you want to hear more you got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com we have a plethora plethora is such a it's such a snobbish word <laughs> i like it though <laughs> it's, it's a good word <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews see. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and oh my god are you a lover of comic books like we are and then there's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at spoilerverse.com and I highly implore you to go there and check it out yeah and while you're there you can check out all the other podcasts on our network like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds in the Crypt and so many more Misery Point Radio episodes all the time Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there go check all of them out and check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out to read and to love and to like and to comment we have a store link you want to help support the site we do it two ways one go to our Patreon which is just patreon.com slash country or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt a face mask a hoodie something look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two and you know maybe you want to talk to us if you do you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials but if you go to scpod.us slash discord you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long I couldn't say it better myself dude <laughs> <laughs> You, you just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. 
We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind. And... Even